When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, y'all. Hey, hey, y'all. This one is explicit. Hello, Jessica. Hello, Elsie. How's it going? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well. I'm feeling pretty pretty decent about myself as of late kind of good things good good organizational things i'm happy about that i think we're going to be chatting about it in the future what my new thing is but uh but right now i'm actually doing the uh yogi detox with kate kate stillman's yogi yogi detox so if you guys want to check it out i'll have a link in the show notes but it's really great because there are so many different ways to do this like detox and and one of the things that i'm really focusing in on is drinking more water and having a lot more consistent meditation practice, like really focus on that stuff. So I'm doing this thing for her thing that she mentioned doing hot, it's hot water therapy. So what you do is you drink hot water all day, like one and a half liters of water, of hot water, not just water, hot water. So I'm giving it a go. That sounds terrible. Does it? I know, you you feel <laughs> yeah. it? I know. For me, I'm like this. I haven't been able to do because her suggestion is always to wake up and have water, like right mm. when you wake up. And I cannot tell. It was like I was able to have a teaspoon of water because I was I was like I don't want to have. I had like my entire body was going. I don't even want to – I don't – I'm not thirsty. I don't want water. It was like this total mm, resistance forever. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to – I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make myself – I'm going to do it. And I've been doing it now. This is my third day of hot water therapy, and it's not too bad, and I'm actually liking it. I actually really feel comfortable totally doing it. I am so obsessed with ice, like in my drink. <laughs> I know. And like my friends even noticed about me. Like it's so funny because I didn't see my college friends for a while, and then every time I see them, and because uh, when I order a drink in a restaurant, I have to order it with lots of ice. Everything I order is lots of ice, and then my friend Catherine will go write the ice thing, and I'm like, it's not a thing. I just have to have it very cold. Dude, have to be cold. Thing. I guess it's a thing. It's but a thing. We've talked her, about this before. I think we've yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. this. We have. Before. You're right. Those of you that have been listening to Witchy Podcast for a while, you have heard this. But it's true. Well, maybe you do have a thing for it. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really. I know I have a thing because when my mom was sick with cancer, she was also big into. Fill, she would always say, I need a drink, but I need you to fill the ice all the way to the top. But the chemo would make her really sensitive. So she would be like, and, I, and then I'd bring it to her and she'd go, I need a straw. And I was like, really? <laughs> you need a straw? I'm sorry. It's just so cold and it hurts my teeth. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Get your straw. But I had to like keep her straw count high. <laughs> and like her whole thing with the straws and the ice was like, now I know what my people deal with. Like, oh. it's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it has to be a thing because now that I think about it, she has a thing. So I must have a thing. Well, yeah. I it's never... weird the things that you inherit. I guess. I don't think my mom is, has really ever really had a thin thing. Other than for little like snacky, snacky things, like little cookies, yes. like little tiny, you know, anything that's little tiny, snacky. Yeah. That's yeah. my mom. Yeah. But that's, and that is inherited because that was, my grandmother was like that as well. But yeah. So my thing. grandmother always ate in bed. And when I would sleep there, I'd get excited because A, I got to stay up late and watch Johnny Carson. And B, she would make a huge plate of fruit and cheese and crackers and we would l- be in bed eating it. Oh, my and then God. You, and then when we were done, she'd open up her night table drawer and it'd be stuffed full of candy. Oh, my God. Stuffed full of like hard candy. Whatever. So anyway, so then like oh my God. I didn't even realize I did it until I was married to Scott. And he was like, why? I would go to Five Below, load the hell up. I don't even eat. I'll tell you something. It takes me a long time to eat it all. Yeah. Because I just have like maybe one or two pieces like before whatever, like right when I get upstairs and then I brush my teeth later. Whatever. Right, right. But he was like, why do you have all this candy? And I was like, oh, my grandmother. And then now I see Emily 
eats in bed as well. So it's now the fourth generation of people. Because my mom used to always have, do you know what bridge mix is? Do we ever talk about bridge mix? No. My mom used to say she had bridge mix diabetes. Well, remember when in the grocery stores bulk food first came out and everyone was like, I have to buy everything in bulk. It was like <laughs> all these barrels of like banana chips and apricots and like, <laughs> anyway, so there was this thing called bridge mix, which was basically chocolate covered raisins, peanuts, pieces of coconut, almonds, little vanilla creams. Anyway, she would always get a huge bag and keep it in her night table drawer. And so she would, and then later when she developed diabetes, she would call it bridge mix diabetes. Oh, it makes <laughs> she sense. She was always munching on she, bridge mix. She went yeah. straight to the source. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so yeah, there's like four generations of women in my family that are all eating, sitting in bed, munching on fruit. Although my dad did say that when he finally moved my grandmother into a home, that drawer also had ants. Oh, oops. <laughs> I was like, no. Oh, uh, no, that sucks. But but that's I'll not really that. her fault. It's just, it's like yeah, one of those to... things, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But oh, still, I was geez. like, that's my future. That's... I'm going to be moving into a home and my kids are going to be like candy and ants. Oh, no. Ugh! Anyway. Oh, no. Oh, no. I know. Sorry. Talk about going off in the weeds. Oh, my God. Well, but, but, but how about this? How about this? We get an opportunity to see what all of our she podcasts actually like to eat eat like when they go to a restaurant wouldn't that be like really great stuff to like pay attention to because of our live event that we're going to be having in july yes oh yeah which is going to include we still have not picked the menu as of yet but i know that there's going to be plenty of choices for you guys to go all crazy and we would go we're going to go down your tables and we're going to see if you're an ice person or a hot water person (laughs) (laughs) you know my stepmother always gets hot tea with every meal and i always think it's so weird like how can you quench your thirst when when it's not cold do you still feel thirsty after or no i don't know if it's about thirst as much like i haven't really been feeling thirsty i've just been drinking and basically the all it calls for is like 20 minutes to have a little sip of water every 20 minutes like keep drinking water hot water the whole day I see myself staring into a mug full of hot water and feeling depressed about my life. <laughs> I've been excited. I, it's excited me. It's excited me. But any, but let's You're talk lying. again. Let's That's go back fine. to the carnival thing. Let's go back okay. to our event, which is why I segued into it. Okay. So our event. Yes, our event. The day after podcast movement. It's a Saturday. Yes. And so since you're going to be bombarded with all these learning experiences during the week, we thought we would just have a party and do a live recording of our show for you, see if we can get you guys involved, do some prize giveaways, raffles, introduce you to some of our best friends that are going to be there. It's going to be really fun. We want it to be really fun. We want to have really good food. We want it to be sort of like a daytime fancy dress kind of – not fancy dress – I don't want to intimidate people. Yeah, it's just it'll like, be like an event. Like you, it's an it's an event. Like we want like to make it a thing. We're having a party. Yeah, we're having a party. Music. Yes. And 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 fun and fun. Is what we're doing, and so we can talk to one another in person, hug each other, take lots of pictures, <gasps> joke with one another, have some delicious drinks, and then get on a plane and go home. Exactly. Perfect. And you know what? I had an idea actually, who was given to me, like uh, you know, Rhoda. Rhoda Summer. Rhoda, daughter, okay. yeah. Oh, my God. So Rhoda gave me an idea. She said that um, she we were having a conversation about She Podcast or something, and she mentioned the community, and she goes, you know what? She goes, I just saw a picture of all the female com- comedians that were taken uh, in New York City or something. And when I saw that, I, I was like, oh, that, that would be like kind of like She Podcast. It, like, it reminded her of that. And I was like, oh, that would be so cool if we could take like a big photo We've never done that before. Of all female podcasters together and just make like, how fun would that be? That would be amazing. Who you know, I haven't thought about doing a f- um, photographer yet. I don't know if I want to hire a photographer. Just let everyone take their own pictures. Yeah. I just thought like of doing just like a, a picture, like a picture of everybody, of all the female pod, like all of us that are there that are just all like just female podcasting power, like she podcast power. That's gonna be Not hard. to be all pitchy, but this is why it's so important to get sponsors because I would love to have a professional photographer and obviously you and I aren't going to be able to afford that. But if we right. get enough sponsors and sponsorships, we will be able to hire a professional photographer and maybe even do like a fun headshot or a fun headshot thing while we're there. But so if you are listening and you have something you might want to 
sell or promote leading up to the event to all the other people who are listening, would you please get in contact with me and you can just email info at shepodcast.com and tell me you're interested in sponsoring the event. Not necessarily the show, just the She Podcast Brunch Bash and I will send you our media kit because we're starting to sell sponsorships now. We're going to have limited ones just because you can only promote so many people before you're just one big long commercial. Exactly. So. Yeah. No, totally. And we, I'm, we're so thrilled. I'm thrilled to see the names signing up already. It's so exciting. Oh my God. Everyone that other- comes through, I'm just like, yeah. I know it's like you're like, oh my God, so-and-so is going to be there too. I'm so I'm thrilled. I'm so thrilled. It's going to be so exciting. Oh my God. I can't even take it. So you guys, get your get your early bird tickets. And it's for women and men. So it's not just because of She Podcast. It's like, yes, it is us. But it's really for the fans. It's for you guys that are part of the community that have not felt like you were part of the community. Maybe because you're not inside the Facebook group, a.k.a. you are male. Um, so it will be so great. It's so great to open up. Tell your friends about it. It's just going to be a fun time. Fun time. It's going to be so much fun. You actually just reminded me of something I want to read to you. It is not show feedback. It's somebody asking me a question about something separate. But listen to this. He wrote, I heard about your podcast agency through She Podcast. Let's face it. I think I only know guys who are into podcasting listen to that show. I know you have female listeners as well, but I seem to know guys who listen and not a single female listener. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Remember two years ago when I used to go, what's up, three dudes that listen? I know. Now it's like he doesn't know one chick that listens. But you know why you don't, Brad? It's because they're all in a group separated from the rest of you. That's That's why. But they do listen. Ladies, you do listen. And thank you. Anyway, um. Yeah. So I'm not going to – I mean, the re- thing he was asking me about was something totally separate. But I just thought that was so funny that he's like, I don't know any girls that listen. They do, I think. That's hilarious, hilarious, hilarious. Even. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So the brunch will be both male, female, and you're all welcome to attend. And we really want to hang out with all of you and just have a good time. That is going to be awesome. I can't even take it. So. Yeah. Um. But- oh, so ShePodcast.com forward slash – PM sixteen, get yes. your tickets now because the early bird is only going to be the only bird price is only going to be live for a little while longer. Yeah, until May fifteenth. So get them now. That gives you a month to think about yeah. it. A month to think about it, and you can go ahead and get your ticket, and it's going to be so worth it. Yeah. It's going to be. Don't you're going to be kicking yourself because you didn't buy the ticket before, and then you're yeah. going to be so sad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but uh, let's get to some feedback that I found on the blog page because I I just realized that there were comments there. <laughs> Dude, you don't get emails when we get comments? No, I don't get emails when we get comments. So I have oh no idea. Oh my god, idea. I have to make sure you do. I'm so no, what? Well, yeah, I, I don't. And so I'm like, what? So anyway, but so here's the thing. This is from Candice LePage. She. Uh, this is in reference to episode 82, which we were, which was called "Calling Out Nick Qua and the Podcasters Manifesto." Remember that one? Yeah, of course. Of course. So anyway, she says that was the Heather Ordover show. Yes, that, uh, the, yeah, the hair, the Heather Order show. That's right, the manifesto, dude. So she says, catching up on past episodes in this discussion is firing me up. Jessica, you are right that more big producers in podcasting brings more listeners, but so much focus on them leads people to believe that is what podcasting sounds like. The problem with Jane Doe down the street listening to only NPR style podcasts is that she never for a second thinks that it is something she can do. Podcasting is a medium that is open to everyone, but fewer people think they can do it because they think every show needs to have a staff of people making singers, doing research, and recording segments. The number one reason I started my own podcast was because I listened to other nobodies sharing their thoughts about Harry Potter and 80s music and food, and I realized I could do that too. I had been listening to public radio for three decades at that point and never once thought I could make radio. I think that's brilliant. And that's exactly why I podcast. Exactly why that is the case. What do you say, Missy? <laughs> I'm wondering if you know what I'm going to say. Um, no, I actually this. don't. I just You don't? No, I don't. I don't. I thought maybe you would know me well enough to know. I don't think her point is a bad thing either. Because one of the reasons I think it's a good thing that they sound professional is that it forces everyone else to up their game. And if those podcasts weren't popular, I would have never gotten a better mic. I would have never gotten an editor. I would never have 
cared about whether or not stuff's happening in the background, etc. I care because I want to sound professional. And I get that other nobodies made it sound possible and achievable. And I think that part is great. But I don't think everyone with a dream should do it. I think you should want it to be the best quality possible. And I think the only way that happens is if people want to play with the best. It's sort of like professional sports. Anybody can put on a pair of shoes and some running shorts and tell and say they're a soccer player. But if you want to play in the league, you have to kick just as good as the best players. You can't just show up there and expect to get paid the same amount. I mean, and I I mean, it doesn't mean you can't play in your own little league or your neighborhood league. But it just means that, you know, if you want to come, it's not about competition. If you want to be thought of as just as good as, then that's what it takes. And I think you should have some feeling that that's what it's going to take. It doesn't mean you can't. I don't I don't know. I hesitate to think that it's really going to change people's minds, because as I've said before, if you podcast, it's because you must because somehow, I mean, yeah, you may not have thought of it before. And I never thought of it before. I was on someone else's show. But the second I was on someone's show, it all clicked for me. And I realized, oh, I've been practicing my own little radio show since I was four years old. I have thought of this before. I just didn't think it would be this medium of this, this way, this accessible. But that doesn't mean at some point in your life, Candace, you weren't like, I could have my host my own show. Like that, that's, I think that that thought crosses every podcaster's mind before they turn on the mic and start podcasting. I could have my own show. I could do Jimmy Fallon. I could do Howard Stern. I could do This American Life. I could do David Sedaris. I could read my books out loud. I could, I could, I could, I could. You know what? Or at least to think I wish I could. Well, I, I got to say that I, I disagree with that because I had never thought about that. Being on the radio or having my own show like that was never a thing for me. I was like, but you're eh. an actress. How can you say that? Well, no, because I didn't want to have a sh- like my own. Sh- it would have been a very specific thing. And again, like when I was thinking, like if I want to have my own show, I don't know if I want to have it on on network TV. Like one of the first things that I always was always thinking is like, how can I make this avant garde? Even when I was in high school, I was thinking like I was doing Beckett. You know, Beckett, I was doing Bertolt Brecht. I was doing all the kinds of stuff that nobody even understands. Absurdist theater was my thing when I was in in high school. That's what I love to do. I won awards by playing an old person. I won awards. I won a a blind beggar for um, uh, the Beggar's Opera for Bertolt Brecht. I I won a Best Actor Award because I did that. So uh, what I'm saying is that the reason yeah, that what I, are you saying? What, what I'm saying is that for me, podcasting is that it's the avant-garde field part of things. And the reason I started podcasting is because I heard voices like mine. And then I was like, "Ooh, I can do that." But I'm totally, I totally am. I'm in agree, uh, agreement. Agree, well, I can't even did speak it in a professional way. Well, no, but exactly. But see, if you start to put professional right when I want to start, it makes it like, oh. Really? Like if we would have just said, say, okay, professional do to me means talent. It doesn't mean studio. Right. Okay. So then you've exactly. But see, when we started She Podcast, dude, we were scrappy. It was terrible. It was terrible. The sound, like, you know, I we mean, were I like. I think the show was good. Like, the sh- but my, exactly. The yeah, show was terrible. good. Absolutely. I, I don't disregard. Yeah. The show was good. But our sound quality is like, dude, it's, it's gotten Red so much better. We, we still have, I mean, we're constantly getting better. But before it was like crappy. And so, but yeah. you know what? Even though I knew that, even though I knew that, I was like, we need to do this before we do, before, before we start to streamline things, just get behind the mic and put it out there. And I, the, the feeling that I feel she has, and I, I totally agree with it, is that when we listen to other nobodies doing it, that's, those are the people that completely and utterly rocked my world. Those are the people who, that I often say, they saved my life. They constantly saved my life. They left, let me grounded, let, let me connect with them. They let me feel like I was part of their process. And because I, I, you know, I was doing feedback, I was part of their community. I was, I was a somebody to them. And they were still like, in quote, famous. That doesn't happen with all the NPR stuff and the WNYC stuff. And all their contest is fantastic. And that's great. And that's what a lot of people come into it, but they don't realize like, there's another, there's a podcast right now that I just, um, featured for Rock and Lips and Podcast. It's called The Fat Father Chronicles. 
he just started to get behind the mic because he is a morbidly obese man and he's done. He's done with it. He just wants accountability and he wants to get behind the mic and do it. I don't think that he did it because he listened to an NPR show. I think he did it because he was probably listening to other podcasts that were really inspiring. And he was like, oh, I can do that too. I will then get behind the mic and talk about this stuff. And I thought like, wow, how cool is that, that he's got that specific people that he wants to serve? That's awesome. Do you, do you really think that the Nerdist and the Adam Carolla show and the New York Times and the new Forbes podcasts, are they really deterring people from feeling like they can do it? I don't think they are. I'm not sure. Ask our, ask our people. What? Okay, I don't you know what? think no, no. Jane Doe down the street is only listening to NBR style podcasts no, but because what, what they I'm haven't saying, all disappeared. Exactly. But see, why don't we ask you guys, all of you guys listening, every single one of you, <laughs> send us some feedback and tell us what podcast, if you, if you happen to listen to podcasts, what podcast inspired you to podcast? Give us their name, send it to us, and then we will find out whether or not they are a, in quotes, nobodies, or if they're one of the highly produced ones. Let's do that, and then we'll but see But I don't even have the answer to this. I don't have one that was like, it wasn't on iTunes, it was the Anastasia Valentine's, and she just did her own show, and I was like, exactly. it doesn't, it didn't sound good, It was, but I was on it, I didn't listen, I still don't listen to them most of the time. Yeah, I only but you listen were, to my clients once. But you were on it. And you were able to do it. Would you have? I wonder. I wonder if you would have felt the same if NPR had, like, you know, if, if Terry Gross had had you on her show. Would you have finished the interview with Terry Gross and said, "I think I can do that"? No. Okay. Well, then see. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Because when you go, when you're interviewed with Terry Gross, you're like, "Holy crap! This is for real." But as I've mentioned before, that is not a podcast. That is true. Well, yeah, she on demand. Audio, not a podcast. Well, they deliver their their stuff via podcast. Yeah, that's like what they do with the. No, but anyway, they deliver it via public radio, and it just gets turned into a podcast. Right. That's like saying the Susie Orman show is a podcast. No, it's not. No, it's the Dave delivered. Ramsey show is right. not a podcast. No, there's... those are on to streaming media from different channels. There well, are... NPR. That's what NPR is, though. There we do, exactly, and we're actually. I think we're going to have a conversation. Let's about just this get a into bit. that right now. Wait, Let's just. Do you want to skip the other feedback? I have some more feedback. Ah, uh, all right, go ahead. Okay, so I know, and then we'll get back to it because it's, and we have, we do have a lot of stuff. If not, we're going to keep talking about this stuff. Anyway, so we have some more feedback, and this is from Aaliyah. She was on the last episode, and I just wanted to make sure that I got this to you really, really quickly. Her feedback was on the last episode. Yeah, no. feedback from the last episode. Yeah, she was voice feedback that you guys heard. So she had a little bit of follow up. She says, first off, thanks to both you and Jess for your kind words when you played my audio feedback last week. I'm super psyched to get started podcasting and plan to reach out to you guys for coaching when I'm ready to, to launch my big podcast. Woohoo! And second, I want to let you know that you've totally inspired me to start recording my live classes. That would be me. And get them up online as my first foray into podcasting. I've gotten a little held up with my, the tech, though, because the idea of strapping my iPhone 6 to my arm and using a lav mic wired to my phone isn't super appealing. I feel like I've heard you mention in an interview that there are uh, Bluetooth lav mics that will wirelessly transmit to my iPhone voice recorder app. I've been scouring the internet to find such a thing, but definitely appreciate your any suggestions or guidance that you would be willing to offer. Thanks for all the tips and inspiration. So excited. Okay, so that's Aaliyah. So I got you some stuff, love. Um, when I record my classes, I used to have a really tiny recorder that's no longer made, so I'm not even going to tell you about that. But now I currently use my H2N, which is what I'm using right now to record this. It's a digital recorder. And I also bought the Audio-Technica ATR288W. It's a VHF battery-powered twin mic, and it is wireless, uh, supposedly wireless. I know wireless mics are actually wired, which is weird. So what I do is you have a little newbie knob thing that you stick into the digital recorder, my H2N. And the other thing, you have a little pack. You know those little packs that you see on people on TV? They have a little pack stuck in the back of their pants and things like that. There's a little pack you have to stick in the back of your pants. And then there's a, an actual wire that goes all the way up to your lapel or wherever it is that you put it. And that's how I record. I have not found uh, a Bluetooth headset as of yet. 
Um, what I would say to you, though, is that if you uh, um, actually, you know what? I may be wrong about that. I think there are some, but they are not for your iPhone and they are very expensive. And the Audio-Technica ATR 2800-288W, I do believe it's $134.88 right now at Amazon. So that's that. And here's the thing. It's expensive to invest in this, but there are those ones that you put on your head. I'm sure you've gone into an aerobics class and you've seen the teacher teaching like, you know, step aerobics or whatever other dance thingy-majigger, or even the dancers, like you see like Jennifer Lopez and things like that doing their dancing things. They have little mics that are like in their ear or they have a little thing that comes to their mouth. Those are really expensive. And those, of course, are are wired, but they're stuck in the behind their costumes and whatnot. And I have looked into that. I think prices for those are over $300. So I would say stick to this right now, test it out. And I have to say, whenever I was teaching a class, that's why I recorded, I used to teach 13 public classes a week for yoga. I would record at least, at least five of them because that way it gave me the opportunity for me to pick and choose which one was the best audio quality. And whenever I got to a position where the class needed more help from me, or I had to demo something, or, you know, the the wire got stuck somewhere, the microphone fell down, all that kind of stuff, I could just scrap it and not let the digital stuff deal um, affect my teaching. So there's that. I hope that helps you. And that is all. All right, then. So we have a little bit of audio feedback, and this is going to be our audio feedback slash sponsor spot. How's that? And it's not done by Fantastic. Us. I know. So take it away, Edie Berg, because she forgot to say who she was. So here we go. Hi, everybody. So I figured I'd catch two birds with one stone and leave some feedback on my favorite podcast about their fantastic sponsor. So two things. The first is that I've been following Natalie Ekdal and BizChicks for quite a while. And I met a couple of girls who were in her mastermind last year at Podcast Movement. I met Liz and I met Katie. And I know that they started their mastermind through one of Natalie's groups. And they were getting great results and they were very good friends with each other. And there was a huge success from that mastermind. And then Natalie sent an email to her list about a spring sale she was having for one-on-one coaching. And exactly at that same time, I had decided to start running my own mastermind programs. And I was looking on her site and I saw that she was teaching people how to start their own mastermind programs. So I said that was perfect for me. And then BizChicks became a sponsor for She Podcasts, which I was so excited about. And, you know, I know that it makes perfect business sense for Natalie and I know that we are her target audience, but At the same time, there are a lot of ways that she could spend her sponsorship money on other types of advertising. And I was excited that she chose to spend it on She Podcast because I think it's a worthy cause. It's not exactly a cause, but I I get a lot out of it. Thank you so much, Edie, for that. It's nice when we don't have to talk about Natalie and tell you about her when our community don't say that. No, no. What I'm saying is that our community, oh, when we get feedback for Natalie, yeah, 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 yeah. that mm-hmm. our community is the one that's responding. I mean, that's, I know, that's pretty awesome. I have to say that was unexpected and appreciated. Thank you for doing our jobs for us. So very thoughtful. We appreciate it. That was fantastical. Right. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Jess, did you apply to the new Work It Women's Podcasting Conference? I am mid-application, Okay, <laughs> actually. And I know there's only six questions, which is what's embarrassing. But there's only 250 words you can put in for how to describe your experience in audio. Oh. And I'd like to just put giant badass of audio, but I feel like I should explain. <laughs> so let's explain what the Work It, Work It, Own It, Own yeah, It let's conference do it. is. Yes, let's do And it. then we can talk about... Did you already apply? No, I forgot. I mean, hey! Oh, but wait, wait. You know what? I have it's it today. It's so on Friday. Why don't we... I know, but no, but see, we're recording. Remember? Okay, people, you guys can't apply anymore. Might as well tell you that you guys cannot apply. Did you hear that? Because this Why are is even airing. It up at this point? This is airing on April 18th. So that's April 18th. You're listening to this on April 18th. The deadline was April 15th. So sorry to tell you that wah, now. Wah. Wah, wah. But as of now, I have not applied. But jet, but you could have applied. But you still get to know about this because last year's Work It Women's Podcasting Conference was live streamed from New York. But go ahead and continue with the t- telling us what it is, Jess. Okay. 
Work It is a podcast festival bringing together innovative women working in audio and digital media. It says it's a podcast festival, but that description does not necessarily mean it's a podcast festival. <laughs> it says it's bringing together women working in audio and digital media, looking to hone their skills, meet others, learn from peers and experienced industry professionals. Not true. There will be an uncomfortable conversations, totally true, and invigorating debates. There will be mentoring, networking, story workshopping, which I think is great, and three straight nights of live podcast tapings from some of the most provocative and inspiring women hosts in the biz. Probably true. But again, this comes back to our conversation of they think that they are, I mean, they are making podcasts, but they just do it in a different way than how we do it. Therefore... It's not exactly what you and I would consider industry professionals because when I think of a podcasting industry professional, I think of you or I think of like Lynette Young who did Lynette Radio. People that have been doing it for years and years and years, not people who work for a corporation that are turning their already radio shows into podcasts. However, I think WNYC, they have developed just podcasts and so maybe I'm out of line. No, there are a lot of of them that have, but you exactly hit it the nail on the head with how you described it prior to that because it's true. There's a lot of us that you would think that have been around for a while that have been doing this podcasting thing and creating our own content for a while, just not in the scope of this. Just for an example, it says the presenters, speakers are still being added. One of the presenters is the mix engineer and music editor for Serial. Come on. None of us have a mix engineer slash music editor. Right. That's not a podcasting title. (laughs) That's the title of a television show or a radio show or a broadcast or a network. Like, that's not. Just stop it. (laughs) Just stop it. Co-host, yes. Host, yes. Features, producer, eh, no. No. We host, yes. Co-host, yes. Senior producer, okay, maybe. Mix engineer, music editor, hardy har har, d har Come on, <laughs> Kate Belinsky. I know you don't listen to this show because you're busy mixing music and engineering. But if you do, please just understand that, like podcasters don't have like a whole staff and shit. And so it's nothing against you or anybody listening who's in the pro casting workspace it's just that you can't call it a women's podcast festival and then only invite people who work for corporations exactly remember how annoyed i was because i looked at the application elsie it says name website company you work for yeah baby that is not a podcast festival company i work for my fat ass how about that company (laughs) just as fat ass Dot com. That's what I work for. Like, come on. Well, I have to put who I work for? <laughs> then that's not a podcast festival. That's an on... I don't know what it is. You can call it that if you want. And I was mad last year that we weren't invited until I realized that it's not real. If you and I did a, an event, yes, that's a podcast. That carnival, that's a podcast festival. That's a podcast All 200 party. of us yes. are going to get together with our ATR 100 and our Boss <laughs> Dog apps and our, and our, and our dirty fingernails and our pocket full of dreams that's a podcast festival these are people with salaries god damn it if you have a salary you could not you don't you don't suffer the way that we suffer exactly that doesn't mean podcaster has to equal suffering oh my god i'm just saying i'm just saying come on that's like a rant for the ages dude we have to, you should just cut that little piece and then just mail Let's it in with your application. Don't have coffee before. How about a link? No, but it's so, it was so perfect. I can't even say it better myself. Mind you better you, not link this audio to your fucking application. Okay, mind you, get this Don't you though. do that to me. It totally goes great with our next little piece of news that we have here, which is two dope queens. I don't know if you got a chance to see. Oh, well, they're, they're presenting. Well, okay, but see, here's the thing, though. So the two dope queens, they put out, I don't know if you saw, because I, I sent you a couple of videos, but the one where they did with Radiolab, where they went inside, and then the Radiolab people were yeah. like, yeah, we've been working for 12 years to build this audience. You know, every show that we put out takes us, like, anywhere from three months to six months to put out, and they're all like, uh, 
Really? We just sit here and talk. <laughs> I know, exactly. It was perfect. It was so great because they're so... I well, think- then I should eat my words because they're starting to get it, but that still doesn't mean the application is like... I mean... I get it. I understand. I get it, I guess. And yes. we don't... I mean, it's the first time that I've seen something like two dope queens come into the space. Something like that. Mind you, that exists already and has existed already in a variety of different ways already in the indie space. It's already happened, and it's still continuing to happen. Well, you and I have kind of a show like that, where it's you and I talking stuff about podcasting, right? Or the audio space. So it's like that, and it's funny, and we're entertaining, and we have information, and there's times when we get serious. So it's kind of like that. But we don't have a team that works for us. It would be nice to have some of that stuff happen. Sort of we do. Sort of. Yes. Of course, sort of we do. Yes. We have but some volunteers and that's a, and that's appreciated, but I mean. But what I'm saying is like those volunteers are for our entire platform. They're not to help us do the show. No. We right. do the show. Like somebody else Use could be looking answer. for. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody could be like, oh, this is a great, you know, figuring out all the other stuff and make our show sound really, really nice and then have fact checkers. and Still wouldn't need an engineer. I still don't need an engineer. John's the engineer, and he right. and does a lot of engineering. He does, and he does a lot of coaching. He's actually, like actually, he could call himself our production engineer. In fact, special thanks to our production engineer, John <laughs> Buchanan, <laughs> yeah. from Audio Editing Solutions. If you want your own personal engineer, go to audioeditingsolutions.com. Also, thanks to our teammate from CLR Virtual Connections, who's helping us with all the other things that we are producing. You can call her a production engineer, but she's engineering our digital offerings. So let's make That's it fancy. Good. That's great. That's great. And then if you'd like to be one of our engineers, please give me a call because we need more. I know. Really. That's so the, the agency. Dude, but but seriously, I mean, yes. And that <laughs> that was perfect, dude. You did that so, so well. I can't even stand it. But I will Thanks. put a link in the show notes for the Tube Dope Queens who you guys need to check out. They are hilarious. And they did. They are doing hilarious. some like incredible videos, promoting podcasting, promoting themselves, being themselves, mm-hmm. talking with each other, being funny. And 100 percent agree. Just awesome. So check those so ladies out. When you say your experience in audio, like, should I talk about how I produced and hosted my own show and then moved on to create podcasting school and then created the community and then created another show and then created more courses? Like, is that what they're looking for? Or because what I have right now is like. My first podcast was started for this purpose, <laughs> and now I'm feeling like it's not right. Like, I should be talking about, like, my job experience. I think that that's probably what that's they're looking right, for. right? Yeah. yeah, they're looking for, like, how many, to, like, yeah. what's the experience within, you know, are you an audio engineer? Have you been, you know, working on how many shows? To what capacity? Have you been doing, a, are you a feature producer? My, have you been yeah. doing, you know, that kind of stuff. In terms of audio, not rather than my life in podcasting. Began. Yeah, right. 1979. I, yeah. 1979. Tape deck with microphone. Hosted my own game show. No one won but me. That, I think, would be brilliant. Well, I think I if you... Four, I, who else would win? See, I think you could put bullet points, hilarious bullet points like that, Jess. Yeah. And you yeah. would win. You would win. All right. Do that I'm because... Win. I'm going to win work it. You, yes, you win. <laughs> Should I put acapella singing? That's audio. That's experience in audio. I've, we recorded CDs. Oh One of them was called Naked Underneath Our Clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. I wish I was joking. I'm not. We totally called it Naked Underneath Our Clothes. I can't even take it, dude. <laughs> you need. I'm telling you, you need to do bullet points, funny bullet points, because we're not okay. Gonna, we're, because here's the thing. There's nothing that qualifies us to the capacity of what these people are expecting. So we have got to shine. 1993, (laughs) audio career threatened when smoked entire carton of cigarettes within two days. (laughs) Not able to speak for two weeks after. (laughs) I can't. 1996, did polar bear challenge, had throat cancer. Oh my God, I can't even take it. If you've ever done a polar bear challenge, you know your throat, your vocal cords are done for why the month you did a that. polar rip let's not go i did that. i don't want i wasn't even. naked but i <laughs> i ran into the ocean the atlantic ocean in december and i had pneumonia for the next month oh my god terrible. i couldn't talk i can't even take it dude i think that's funny you're right i'm gonna do it like do that it. do it like that in fact you should just listen to this taping and then just write down what you already said
I will. And add I like, know what I said. I was there okay. the first time. <laughs> you know why I said that? Because I forget. Like, I forget things. You I forget your own mouth. things that you say? Oh, my God, yeah. Stop. Dude, yeah. I say it and it's gone. It's gone. Stop it. Completely gone. Silly. So, all right, let's move on. Some more news. Dude, okay, this is huge. And this is exciting for me, anyway. Oh, Forbes yeah. launches Forbes Podcasts. Targeting millennial women Wait, who embrace why? entrepreneurship. Oh. What? What? Yes, that part's exciting. I was gonna say, what are you all hyped up about Forbes for? That's weird. Oh no! And how come I didn't? Wait, there has to be. I'm so bummed out because no I had link. a whole. There's a whole. But I read it already anyway. But how come the link is gone? I am super upset. I I spent so much time putting links in there, and there. I don't know why the link's gone. Why did our entire sign up page just oh. revert back to when I started at the beginning? I don't even know what it looked like anymore. <laughs> You showed me that yesterday, and I was like, first of all, it fucking took me five hours to do that. Second of all, I don't remember what was on there now. Don't no. remember at all. Can't picture it whatsoever. Have to start over from scratch. So I just redirected it to the um, Eventbrite page till I can remember what the hell it looked like. Yeah. So anyway, same with this. Like, why do things keep reverting? I don't know, because I, I, like totally, I totally put it on in there, all this stuff. But anyway... Forbes is getting six, I believe, six podcasts that are aimed specifically at women, which is amazing. And there were some really incredible quotes um, within this article here. I, I, gosh, darn it. I wish that I, I had it all this. Oh, here we go here. Darn it to heck. Okay. So here we go. <laughs> all right. So here we go. Forbes today announced the launch of Forbes Podcast, a network initially focusing on millennial women who embrace the entrepreneurial spirit. The network kicks off with 10, oh, 10 shows, with each podcaster creating 12 short episodes over the next six months. So that's kind of a cool thing. 10 shows, yeah. and each one of them needs to create 12 short episodes over the next six months for a total of 120 episodes. Forbes podcasts are unique in that primarily female hosts are producing business-first content by or for millennial women. The podcasts provide entertaining and empower career leadership, blah, 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 blah. Now, here's a comment from the VP of Women's Digital Network uh, for Forbes, Forbes VP Women's Digital Network, Christina Vuletta, which I think we should definitely touch base with at some point. name, Vuletta. Vuletta. Okay, so she says, quote, Today, if you see a woman with headphones, she is increasingly tuning in to a podcast with her listening options ranging from the oddly entertaining to the empowering. <laughs> We're excited about the opportunity to bring new voices to podcasting and leverage the medium to help millennials bring their own stories to life. End quote. So that's cool. Thank you, Christina Boletta, Forbes VP of Women and Women's Digital Network. So they've got some really great stuff happening in there. Uh, so you guys definitely should check it out. Uh, I'm going to be listening to some of their podcasts to see what is up. What is up with them? And links will be in the show notes to some of the articles and all of that shiz that is going on in there. Sweet. Cool. All right. Oh, and we have, oh, look at this. So if you could, you know, talking about how we don't have any engineers and we don't have a team and blah, blah, but we do have team podcast. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I think team podcast is like everything that we were just talking about. Although, so team podcast, our other sponsor, Christy Hausler's company, teampodcast.com. So she... It's kind of like what we were kind of laughing at that we don't really have. But we're she, not laughing at you, Christy. No, we're not laughing at you. We were just kind of saying that the majority of people don't really have that. And But she actually does above and beyond that, though, because Christy does above the audio engineer aspect of things. But she'll also take care of the small little details as it like... What if you're listening to the show right now and you decide, oh, my God, there's so much to this. I'm not sure I can do it all. She can basically take care of all the stuff that you cannot stand nor do want anything to do with, which like things like uh, getting your stuff into iTunes and making sure that your submission process goes great and making sure that, you know, your launch process is fine. And then also making sure that you stay on schedule and being able to get you on track and editing your stuff and also doing show notes and some social media stuff, depending upon the kind of work that you want done. So you can do like a, I believe it's like a buffet style. 
Yeah, I think so too. But she does have packages as well. Yes. So she does have the total, obviously, easy packages. But then if there's like certain services that you really want, maybe you want to have her help you launch and that's it. Or maybe you want her to help you do some transcript stuff and that's it. That's also an option. So thank you, Team Podcast, for supporting She Podcast because we love you. Yay! Yay! So, Nikwa, our friend Nikwa, our, I'm saying our friend, but I have a feeling he's probably going like, he doesn't, when, like, he us. doesn't like us at all. He probably wants nothing to do with us. But, you know, the guy writes really well. I like his stuff. I enjoy reading his things. And then Same. Come, I love reading. I love reading There's all the stuff. Lots to talk about. In fact, I'm actually debating on whether or not to become one of his little member people. Just because I really like his work. But anyway. All right. So this is what he asked in one of his emails. I'm not going to tell you exactly what date because I didn't put that down. But Jessica, go ahead. You are the one that put this down here. Okay. Okay. Well, basically... He was talking about podcast strategy and what exactly makes a podcast strategy. And this was um, based on the conversation around that whole NPR thing and the way that NPR basically was like, don't talk about podcasts on public radio because we don't have anything to do with the digital side of our company. So he sort of starts to explore what is podcast strategy? In other words, does NPR have it? Do they need it? Do we as podcasters have it? Do we need it? And so what he wrote was, it seems like a simple question with an obvious answer, but it's actually pretty complex. What we really need to ask is, I'm paraphrasing, by the way, what do we want to achieve with podcasts a year from now? And what should we do to get there? This is him referring to NPR. What goal are we achieving by doing this? Within that framework, you can sort of begin to see the source of, oh, Davidson's frustration. I have to actually, in order to explain who Davidson is, I have to go back to the article. Sorry. I think Davidson, Adam or Andrew Davidson, is somebody who wrote about being a part of NPR and being so upset and frustrated with their current like stance on the new stuff. He's been writing a lot of articles about being skeptical on medium.com. Within the framework, you can sort of begin to see why he's frustrated. It's probably unclear to him what NPR wants the podcast operation to look like a year from now. And when you contextualize that against the larger trends in the industry, trends that distinctly flow towards digital, you can reasonably expect why NPR alumni is unnerved. So I guess that's him. He used to work in NPR. For the record, the organization's goal on that front is pretty unclear to me, too. This is Nick. And I spend a lot of time staring into the transom. (laughs) I also also worth noting the fact that it's entirely possible there is a coherent internal strategy and that perhaps, you know, it's not being well communicated, in which case the possible counter argument is what's the point of communicating what we're doing right as long as we're doing it right? To that I say, positive messaging is important for internal morale, external recruitment, and the faith of the public radio random. But I want to think he meant fandom. Yeah, I think he probably did make I think he meant fandom. Yeah. And he's right. And remember when we first started talking about that memo from NPR that we got a hold of that said, don't talk about this. And I was just like, "Um, this is exactly what I said. Imagine working in the podcast section of NPR. How would you feel if that got out? And you were like, oh, my company doesn't give a shit about me. Awesome. (laughs) Great. It is bad for internal morale. What about all the people supporting that staff? What about all the people? I mean, it's not just the guy in the engineering room. It's the hosts. It's the administrative assistants, the male, you know, all the people who work there. There's probably at least, oh, my gosh, I'd like to say at least 20, if not more, people in that department. I'm sure it's small still. But there's 20 people there going, they don't like us. That's yeah. a terrible way to feel about your company. It's not good. And then external recruitment, who's going to want to work for that section of Nobody. NPR? And then he's right. For the rest of us, we're just like, oh, well, I guess they don't care about their shows. Why should we? I think that that was alluded to in a lot of different places, which is what it seemed to be that it, back in the day or, you know, not even back in the day, maybe just like this year. Having NPR on your resume was a thing. was like, ooh, yeah. fancy. And now it's so and not. And yeah, yes. It, now it's getting to a point where it's like, oh, okay, well, you're doing it that way then. Okay, you're old yeah. school. 
So there's like already been a shift where the majority of, or at least this is like the feeling, this is not fact, people, please don't quote me on this. But the feeling is that the superstars or the people who I really want to push the audio, audio creative medium, the innovative folks and all that kind of stuff are like flying away, flying away from public radio or even, you know, public media to go into these independent I don't know, conglomerates of some sort or newer companies or wanting to work uh, on, on their own or getting together with other producers and creating some really cool stuff, you know, that kind of stuff. So it seems like that's happening. Now, one thing that I do want to bring attention to where he brings it home and you guys, maybe those of you who are at this moment listening to us and have started a podcast or are looking like, what's the next step or what do we want to do? How do we make money? He asks a great question, and we ask this in Podcasting School for Women. Like, what do we want to achieve with podcast a year from now? Like, what do you guys want to do with your podcast a year from now? the end goal? That helps you figure out. It doesn't just help you figure out your content, although that's step one. Step two is how do you monetize? What do you offer your audience? Do you need a membership? Do you need to start offering consulting or coaching? Should you do live events? Like, there's a million questions that can be answered by simply answering what is your end goal with this show? If it's just fame whore, great. Now you know. Yeah. Then and you then- just broadcast the hell out of your episodes. But if you want to make money or be known as an expert or speak more or whatever, you got to know that in advance for sure. Or at least continue to ask the question. Because if you just start and you just keep on riding the train of this is what you're doing and... And then you're asking, well, like, I don't know how to do this step. Well, then, but what's your end? Like, that's one of the biggest things that I, that we actually, both you and I keep, you know, talking with our, with our clients. Yeah. You have to be super clear about whatever that vision is, whatever that goal is, because if you're not, how can we help? I mean, I can give you all kinds of tactics. I totally can. It can always change. Yeah, absolutely. It can always change, but you always need to keep asking the question. So, but, and that's. Anyway, that going back to our last episode of 93 with there's with the whole way that um, Gimlet Media is approaching this kind of stuff. I think it's great to be able to get a week where you get to create new fun things. And also in the other what was the other team that you were? I think it was another article that you mentioned that they were doing all kinds of really like the BuzzFeed people. BuzzFeed. Yeah, the BuzzFeed people doing like just like how what, what kind of spaghetti can we throw at the wall today? <laughs> what should we try now? I know why not? And I know it takes a lot of work, but if you want to do, if you really want to be in the medium and continue to iterate and innovate in the medium, you're going to have to do it. If you want to stick to what you like, that's fine too. Just don't expect, I think it's the expectations. It's like, I just want to have all these interviews with people. I'm going to interview experts in X space. And then, and how do I make money? And it's like, well, what's the scoop with this? I mean, there's oh it makes me crazy but anyway that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation it makes you crazy it makes me crazy so yeah so the next article that i posted to talk about this week kind of explains um and this is not a person either who works at npr but someone who writes for slate and he i love posting articles that reiterate points i made two months ago because <laughs> it just feeds my ever hungry ego because you're but, smart because I'm smart. So um, basically, he wrote the definition of NPR and its stance on podcasting. And this is a, just an excerpt of the, a very long article that he wrote. But um, this kid, I shouldn't call him a kid. This guy who wrote it, uh, his name is Leon. Leon Nafak. N-E-Y-F-A-K-H. Okay. And I believe he interviewed, well, I don't know. He was at a... Uh, I don't know what he was doing, but let me just read you the part that was important to me, okay? Um, he said, here is the definition. First, let's talk about what NPR is not. It is not a radio station. It is not responsible for every show in which polite voices speak in a restrained, earnest manner about the issues of the day. Other players that traffic in fair, uh, that, in other words... American Public Media, which produces Marketplace, Public Radio International, which co-produces The Takeaway. NPR is not involved in making this American life, uh, nor did they create Serial, the podcast that debuted a little less than two years ago and convinced many people there's money to be made in podcasting. 
So what is NPR? In short, it's a nonprofit organization, which I mentioned earlier, based in Washington, D.C., that produces and distributes an assortment of popular radio shows to federally funded local stations all across the country. Some of these stations are tiny and depend entirely on programming they've licensed from outside entities. Others, such as WNYC or Boston's WBUR are powerhouses that produce nationally syndicated shows of their own, like Radio Lab by WNYC and WBUR's On Point with Tom Ashbrook. Ironically, looser and more fun is a good way to describe what NPR was like when it first came on air in the 70s. Mm. So I just wanted to give this a little bit of history because I thought it was so interesting. As Steve Oney describes in his forthcoming history of NPR, American Air, National Public Radio was hatched by misfits, castoffs, and dreamers out of a desire to experiment with audio and was widely viewed as the province of left-wingers and hippies. The first <laughs> broadcast emblematically was a chaotic 25-minute portrait in three acts of the massive anti-war rally that shook D.C. May 3rd, 1971. In Oni's words, the unusual piece rang out with a vibration from a realm where youthful earnestness commingled with merry prankster lunacy, land grant university idealism, New England pragmatism, pragmatism, and a native instinct for storytelling. So I just think that's very interesting because it reiterates the fact that like they're not meant to produce shows that turn into podcasts. And that's maybe why they're not necessarily wanting to promote them so much. It's because... NPR's news. News. Yeah, but at the same time, though, the way that it came together was very podcast-like. I mean, the reason, like, yes, you know, true. like, I think that there was a, I think, oh, gosh, I can't remember the name. I think it's called, it was, I'm not sure if it's still going, live in Baghdad. Um, this was happening sometime around 2006, 2005, a podcast that was basically independent, who was reporting live from Baghdad. And yeah. it was this, it was so hardcore where it was like stuff was coming out on that podcast that you would never hear in the news. It's true. But their company works like a news desk and they're yeah. primarily focused on morning edition and all things considered. Yeah. But isn't that what you were saying? Like, yeah, I mean, of course, stuff was coming out on that show that was like, yeah, it's unheard of because it was breaking news, right? Is that why? It, no, because it was amazing stuff. It was breaking news, but it was just stuff that was not being reported by mainstream media. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm, that there's like, mm -hmm. you know, mainstream, no, regardless of what mainstream media it is that you're getting, you're not getting the whole story. You're getting a spin on something. You're, that's it. You just, ha you have to dive deeper. And what these guys were bringing you were like more like human interest stories. There were actual things that were happening there for the people it was less about politics and it was more about the human element which is often reported in a lot without having it be sensationalized that kind of stuff so what i'm saying is the roots of npr were very much in alignment with how podcasting began and why people needed to get behind the mic i understand that you're talking or meaning that that their focus was primarily on these types of news but at the same time it seems like now that has in some way also diminished that same beginning spark like they've lost that beginning spark to just see if they can create this that you know the, the type of media that they initially wanted to create behind the mic uh, I don't think that that has anything to do with being on podcast, uh, podcasts or a radio station. I think it's just realigning with the culture and mm -hmm. wanting to stick to what the, you know, the, there's people who are giving them money and those people are kind of, I would say, a little bit old. I would, I would venture to say, and they don't want to, you know, lose out on that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So there's that. So there's that. But kind of following up on some of the stuff that we talked about, uh, about Audible last week, which is really cool. So now it's kind of still in beta, the whole Audible thing. And this is actually, this is going to play into this whole NPR conversation as well. So Eric Newsom, I think it's N-U-Z-U-M, who is the senior vice president uh, of resident content for Audible, who, who also used to work at NPR. Mm -hmm. You know, he there's there's something there was an article. Uh, this this is actually from an interview that Nick Qua again Nick Qua from Hot Pod. So giving credit where credit is due, he Nick 
interviewed Eric Newsom and asked him these questions. And this is like a condensed version of the article, which or the the what do you call it? The interview that I'm now going to address here. Some of the things that Eric said, because Nick said, so are these podcasts like there's is what what is this content, this short audio content that Audible has released? Because they have not mentioned the word podcast anywhere. Right. So he describes what channels are. And Eric says, uh, quote, I would describe it as if you've just shown uh, a house that's empty. It doesn't have any furniture. There's nobody living in it. And it's very, very, very elemental foundation of what we plan to do. There are things there right now that we're very proud of, but it's a fraction of what we expect to be in that place over the next couple of months. So obviously mm-hmm. they're just starting out. That's mm-hmm. why nothing's coming out and it's in beta. But this was really interesting. And I want you... I'm going to try to read this in a very kind of neutral way. And Jess, you tell me what the feeling is behind the the words, okay? By your neutrality? Uh, on my neutrality. I'm going to try to not comment too much. So this is what he plans to do at Audible. I'm not at Audible to build podcasts. I'm at Audible to start a revolution in the way audio is produced and in the way audio is distributed. I look at some of the things that frustrate people in the podcasting space, and I'm trying to solve them both for creators and for listeners. So it really is not a question of what shows we create. The question we ask is, what do people want to listen to? That gets into a whole broader category of types of content than what you typically hear from podcasts, end quote. (sighs) (sighs) Is this a positive thing? or My sigh? No, 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 not your sigh. Just like what he said, because there's a part of me that's excited about the way he's speaking about audio and the revolution part of things or whatever. But then there's another part where it seems like he's going like, he's not really into podcasts. Yeah, I mean, he wants to start a revolution. Right. right. So what is what is? (laughs) Yeah, but what is that? Like, I'm just like confused because it just seems. And then this actually even gets me. All right. So, yep. uh, okay. So about pitches, I want you guys, so, cause this is a question that we were asked, how do we get our content there? That was like the first question that we got from Amy. Amy, like, you know, that was basically the, the gist of her question from last week's episode was like, how can we have access to this? Right. Because we all want to be everywhere as podcasters. So this is what he says about pitches and are they taking any? And he says, There's a lot of things that will feel and sound like podcasts, but there will be a lot of things that sound very different. We'll make some big mistakes, but we're trying to expand out the realm of what people think and when they think of what short form listening experiences can be, which is really confusing, Jess, because I have no idea what he said with that paragraph. But then nothing. He said nothing. He said nothing, right? Exactly. So then he says, okay, quote, one of the things that I always tell producers pitching me is that If you can imagine someone, something being a podcast, it's probably not a big enough idea for us. I think our risk tolerance is very high. What does that even mean? Right. I don't know. So how are we supposed to know what that means? And then he says, and we're rejecting a large number of things because they sound like they can be on NPR because they sound like a podcast. Yeah. Okay. And if you're giving us the same pitch that you're giving to Gimlet or Midroll or whatever, we pass on that. All all of those. Yeah. So what are you doing again? <laughs> I'm still living. What's happening confused. right now? I'm just, I'm, I'm impressed with the way, what he wants to do. I just don't exactly get exactly what they want to do. It just sounds like a bunch of horse shit. Right? Kind it of. It doesn't sound like a plan. It it doesn't sound like a, it, it just sounds like horse shit. Such horse shit. Like truly. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little, I'm kind of. Even though I, I really love Audible's strategy and, and the way that their ecosystem is to sell audiobooks. I really like the way they implement things. I like the way that they use audio. I like how clear and, and crisp their app is. I like how easy it is to buy books and consume them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot. I like their emails. I like how they basically sell me books that I, I am interested in because they learn from the things that I buy and the things that I listen to. I love all that stuff. I think they're a fantastic company. I'm just confused by this. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure, you know, what to say about that. Like, uh, it seems like they just want to create like interesting audio and yeah. not call it podcasts. Because well, then wh- wh- I think that why? Why what? 
Why do any of it? I don't know. I think it's because... Just why? <laughs> why? Because they're an audio company. Like, they have people buy audio. I'm, I, You know, I'm still confused. So I, I honestly don't exactly know how this is going to fit in. But all I know is that they don't want it to be a podcast. But they do want it in iTunes. No, I don't think so. I think that part of it is that this comes with your Audible subscription. So if oh, you, that's right. Yeah. Right. So if you're, you know, if you are part of the Audible subscribers, you get unlimited consumption of these short pieces of audio, which I'm not sure what they are. And you get 30 minutes, I believe, of free content if you're not a subscriber. So it's like $15 a month. You pay $15 a month and then you get access to like a book because you get a book a month if you're a subscriber. Uh, with a credit, you get a credit. And then you have access to all of this extra on-demand, I guess, on-demand audio. I don't know, audio short stories. I don't know exactly what it is. It's a shit out of me. I know. So this is, uh, so we'll we'll keep an eye out, people. If you guys have any uh, ideas about that, <laughs> let us know. I mean, that's cool. They don't want it to be podcasts. Don't send them something you'd give to Gimlet because they'll say no. Yes, exactly. So if you... So <laughs> just because Gimlet's, you know, successful, that doesn't mean much. <laughs> yeah. Send them anything that's successful. No. They want to be pie of fucking ear. And then we'll have, we'll, we'll report a little bit more on this next week. Because my co-host and VP of uh, Podcaster Relations, Rob Walsh, is because of this, again, this is like through time and space. So I know that this is going to be on April 18th when it comes out. But he's going to be on a panel with this guy. And I sent him a couple of questions, Amy, that you asked to ask him directly. So we'll see what happens. We will. La la la. I want to send some special thanks out. Yay. Yes. Elsie was right in that we got to give these people like a special little name. But for now, again, to my production engineers, John Buchanis uh, from AudioEditingSolutions.com and Rebecca Council from CLRVirtualConnection.com and Darlene Victoria from DarleneVictoria.com. But also this week I've been struggling with some agency stuff, namely organizing, like having a CRM, like a, a customer management system and Ramona Rice... Boy, she wrote me the best bio. I tell you, I had no idea how important I was until she wrote my bio. It was I couldn't stop reading it. I was like, <laughs> I sounded so cool that I couldn't stop reading it. So if you need help with that, check out uh, Ramona Rice. And then Jessica Rhodes from Interview Connections. Ramona Rice does Sports Gal Pal. Uh, Jessica Rhodes from Interview Connections. And she's just releasing season two. The podcast producers helped me a lot with because I think that my business and her business need to be set up similarly. So I was asking her stuff about contracts and also CRM and some other things like how do you tell someone like maybe they're not ready to work with you, et cetera. So thank you so much, Jessica. And then Josh Elledge, who does the savingsangel.com, but also has Upend PR, a company that um, helps you get more media. And he was really helpful too and gave me some great ideas on how to get a hold of like sponsor contacts. So super excited about that. But I just wanted to say thank you to those three because it really means a lot to me that you would help me. And um, it's kind of scary when you're doing something new that you don't feel like has been done before. So it's nice to have support to sort of like push you along and tell you you're doing something good so thank you to the three of you so much as well as you elsie who really gets the brunt of my fear yeah. like this morning there was, yeah. a, there was a paragraph somewhere i won't say where where somebody wrote don't sign up with a sponsor agency because they're just going to ruin your credibility and i was like why i don't even i'm not oh, a it's just, it's, sales asshole i know it just oh. seems like you know yeah you how gotta, do they know i'm gonna do that i mean i know they, cool. well, i was in person they probably didn't even know who the hell i am but wow it hurt my feelings kind of and i th- you know what i wonder if they're talking about sponsorship agencies like influencer marketing and not necessarily what i'm gonna do which is podcast sponsorship exactly i think that yeah, there's yeah, a, yeah. There's and a, i get that i don't agree with that statement either though i know tons of bloggers that do influencer marketing agencies and they're making a killing yep it depends on right. what your business is. It depends on how much you want to be part of it. And see, that's what I wanted to tell you. It's like there's some people who honestly do not have time for this. They do not have right. time to do the research. They do not have yeah, time. Yeah, you do can the- pitch your own stuff. Oh Our my course God. on that. I mean, people, like I said, are getting sponsors within a week. Exactly. And see, that's what I'm saying. It's like there's people who can do it themselves, have the time and have the hushba to do it. And then there's times when you need somebody like you. So, say hushpa. I know. Did I say that? Does that hushpa. sound to Luke? Hushpa. 
Chutzpah. Chutzpah. I can't even. Okay. So anyway, there's that. Um, So that's it. So we are closing up with this. And guys, just a really quickly Again, sign up for ShePodcast.com slash PM16. ShePodcast.com slash PM16. That is our brunch bash. And we want you guys to, like, have an experience. Wanna you, we want to see you. So please sign up. Get your ticket right away. You have a month left before the prices go up. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. And we love you. Mean it. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> 